talking Dice Masters, the beauty of the underlying mechanics, the hidden complexities, and the strategy, tactics, and decisions of competitive play. If you're just starting the game or have been here since the first set, hopefully you'll find something in this show that'll do you some good. So shake up your bag, reconnoiter your opponent, and get ready to roll. Greetings, fellow adventurers of the Yawning Portal Inn. Yes, hopefully everyone out there is adventuring deeply into the underworld of the new Waterdeep campaign box and team packs. May you brew like Durnin. We've had the opportunity to play it a bunch since it dropped, and it's a really fun set. I especially like drafting it. Yeah, and we've got WWE coming up at the start of February, and then another set, which is Avengers Infinity, in March. So buckle up and let the brewing begin. Yeah, and speaking of brewing, before we get too deeply into this new episode, I wanted to double back and discuss a particular brewing and piloting detail that I feel like we breezed past during our last episode with Peter and James when we really should have jumped into it and broken it down. Anyway, I noticed while editing the show that although we had a chuckle at James's expense about the inclusion of the Super Rare Malekith on his European Open team, we failed to fully examine the thought process behind why he included it on his team, and more importantly, how that card could have been specifically used to help him in that particular meta. Yeah, James was playing an Iceman Wincon, and because Iceman deals 2 damage to an opponent whenever he takes damage during the attack step, he was worried about someone slapping an uncommon Novacore uniform on him and shutting down his strategy. That's right. Can you read that Novacore text for us, please? Sure. Novacore uniform. Stand for something greater. When fielded, equipped to a character die. That character die takes no damage from villain character dice or global abilities. If that character die leaves the field zone, send this die to the use pile. So, if you were to attach a Novacore die to an opponent's Iceman, yes, you new players, you can attach a continuous die to your opponent's dice, then they wouldn't be able to use the Magic Missile Global to crank out massive damage by pinging their Iceman, because the equipped character takes no damage from globals. So James was concerned about this counter, and to combat it, he would have to think of some way to get his Iceman out of the field, to send that Novacore uniform to used. Before Worlds, there was some talk about Iceman players using the Odin's Fury Global, which reads, Pay double mask. Once during your turn, you may remove one of your character dice from the field zone until the end of turn. To achieve that result. Yeah, but James was running a Bolt-centric team, and two masks might have been hard to come by. So enter Super Rare Malekith into the thought process. For the cost of one Bolt, he could KO his Iceman and get it out of the field, and therefore send the attached Novacore die to the used pile. Of course, he'd have to then re-roll his Iceman, but even if he whiffed it, he could at least use the bolts to buy another Iceman and keep the pressure on. So if you think about it, his Malekith choice only turned out to look odd on the day because no one ran the Uncommon Novacore at that tournament. If you want to listen to our original discussion of the team, go to rollandthunder.xyz forward slash 207 no apostrophe no g and click the link in the show notes for the section where James discusses his team. Right. Now, on to current affairs. If anyone has been to our website recently, rollandthunder.xyz, you might have noticed some of the upgrades we've been putting into the site. And we're not just talking about modifications of buttons and widgets. If I may announce our first new addition, we've added a resources and links page. Yeah, if you've got questions about Dice Masters, or if you're not quite sure where to find info about some particular aspect of the game, I'm pretty sure our resources page will come to your rescue. There's a lot of info there, and if we've overlooked anyone who'd like to get in on the action let us know from our contact us page and we'll update the page hopefully people will find it useful 
Our second upgrade has been in the works for some time now, and that is... The Hall of Fame page. Yes, we've finally gotten around to adding the virtual hall to our site. Check it out. We'd love to hear what you think, and we promise not to filter you through a gift shop on your way out. And <laughs> and you can find both of these pages from the pull-down menus at the top of our homepage. Either click Resources or Hall of Fame, or just HOF for short. But speaking of gift shops, you might also notice on the page that we've added a Patreon button to the site. While we're in season, if any of you listeners would like to help support the show and get in on some upcoming raffles and other goodies we've got in the works, we'd really appreciate it. For the cost of a Snickers, you could add some lightning to the thunder. <laughs> I don't think that was officially on the Patreon page, but I'll take it. Yeah, you know, just to get things kicked off, the first seven patrons will be entered into a drawing for an original super rare Green Goblin Gobby from AVX. See, I'm losing money already. I can't stop the bleeding. All right, let's talk a little one big week. Yep, we're doing it again this year, folks. We're aiming for early April for the local events competitions. We've heard from a bunch of you out there, but there's still others. If your scene would like to roll with us for the 2021 Big Weekend, we'd love to have you. And we're talking international outreach here. Reach out to us via our contact page, and we'll make sure we get you on the list. It'll help us to know earlier rather than later to give us time to customize and make sure we have the proper quantities for the prize support. Keep your eyes peeled to RollinThunder.xyz for more details. I guess the last thing we should talk about before we get on to introducing our guest is the demise of Destiny. If you haven't heard, Fantasy Flight recently announced that their upcoming Star Wars Destiny set is going to be the last one they will produce. Yeah, I feel for the Destiny community in our area, which I know is pretty strong. We've heard from a few of the players who've expressed an interest in learning how to play Dice Masters, and if any of you happen to be listening to this podcast, please come by a local event. We will be more than happy to welcome you to the family and not only teach you how to play the game, but make sure you're set up with all the basic equipment to get you up and running. And if you're a Dice Masters player who left to Destiny and now Destiny is gone, you're more than welcome to come back to Dice Masters. What? Oh, hold up. Something urgent is coming over the teletype. Newsflash. Whiskey's errata. It's about the new Intellect Devourer Global. Well, a Maklesh live all. Okay, here it is. From the errata page. Intellect Devourer, brain-eating monster, and Intellect Devourer, deadly puppet master. Intellect Devourer's ability is ambiguous and has unintended interactions as it is currently worded. Global, once per turn, you may spin one of your NPC dice to an energy face, in parentheses, move it to your reserve pool. So what'd they change it to? The new wording should help it match similar abilities better. Global, pay zero generic. Once during your turn, you may spin one of your active NPC character dice to an energy face, in parentheses, move it to your reserve pool. Reminder that NPC dice are sidekicks on many cards denoted by the pawn symbol. We avoid the pawn symbol here because it may not correctly display on all devices. Great. Well, that clears up a lot of questions. I'd say it still leaves room to spin an ally to a double energy face. It's worded similarly to the clay face global in that regard, so I think that it would work. But I'm not sure given the way the original energy fixers were ruled. Anyway, now that we've ingested that new hot-off-the-press info... Let's rock and roll. All right. Today's guest hails from the northern misty mountains of Canada, a brewer of WKO winning teams, a founder of Dice Masters North, and a top eight finisher at this year's Dice Masters World Championships. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the kingpin of Calgary, Mr. Matt Jordan, a.k.a. Jordan! 
Welcome to Rolling Thunder. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That's a great, great intro. <laughs> yeah, so <I> undeserved, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> totally deserved. Totally deserved. I mean, A, you're a great player, a great brewer, but B, you've done so much for the community. And if you've listened to the show, which I know you have, when we talk about the Hall of Fame, we talk about giving equal weight to not just good brewers and pilots, but to the people who really support the community. And your name always comes up very close to the top of that list, if not on the top of that list. So we're really happy to have you on the show tonight. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Well, let's glad to be here. Welcome. Welcome to the comforts <laughs> of Roland Thunder Studios. Isn't it glorious? <laughs> It is beautiful. It's 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 way better than I ever even imagined. Mind the velvet. Don't spell that coffee on the velvet, please. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'll be careful. I'll, I'll get a coaster. <laughs> well, I thought we'd start off tonight by talking about DM North in general. I know we, we had Laurier on a few episodes back, and I know he was one of the co-founders, but I believe it was your idea originally, and I'd like to roll that back and, and talk about the origins if possible. Yeah, um, basically, it kind of started by accident, to be honest with you. Back in the, oh, I want to say 2016, 2017, somewhere in that range, the reserve pool was still going on at the time. Right. And I started up a thread because I, I love looking at people's teams and seeing how they brew and ideas that they come up with and then seeing, well, can I tweak this and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I started a thread called What Have You Played? Yep. The whole idea behind it was just literally, what did you play? <laughs> um, <laughs> the why part of that question, though, was always really super interesting. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Well, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> there's definitely sometimes you go back going, what was I doing there? What was my plan? But no, yeah, the whole idea was just to kind of put it out there to the whole community to say, okay, here's something I've done. What have you done? And kind of go mm -hmm. from there. So I think that went for the full year. People were participating. Laurie was jumping in there quite a bit. Gord, who's actually another member of the DM North crew, was in there as well. It seemed to be the Canadians were kind of taking over that thread a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Not on purpose either. It's just the way it kind of worked out. Yeah. So no, I had fun. It was just kind of cool to read about what people thought and all that kind of stuff. And then I thought, okay, well, we'll do this again next year. And then next year came and the reserve pool was gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was just like, oh, okay, now what? <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. I was kind of thinking, well, okay, I still want to do this because it was fun. How else could I do it? So I looked at Facebook and Facebook is just terrible. Yeah. Like if you want to search for anything in there, good luck finding it. <laughs> yeah. It's a fleeting memory that disappears into the ether very quickly. Yeah, exactly. So we went to Reddit and talked to, I think PK is in charge of the Dice Masters Reddit. Right. And we asked him, I said, is it okay if we kind of run this here and just see how it goes? And we did a couple. And to be honest with you, the <laughs> formatting on Reddit sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so then it came to going, well, okay, now uh, Facebook's not too good. Reddit's not really what I want to do. There's really not a message board going on anymore. So I decided, actually, I've been talking to Lori all this time since I started the thread. And I said to him, I said, how do you feel about starting a website? And we'll just do what we've been doing, but we'll just post it on the web. You can put pictures and things like that, and it can, it can look pretty decent. Mm -hmm. And he thought, sure. So actually, over the course of a weekend, DM North was born. Oh, awesome. You know, I just tried to come up with a name that kind of represented Canada <laughs> and Dice Masters. I thought Dice Masters North was just the actual name of the site. Right. I thought that was too long to type. So. <laughs> right. So, so, so I went looking, and I thought, okay, well, how do I shorten it up? I'll go DM. And DM North itself, I think, was taken by someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DM North brings up like some sort of fencing company or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who it was, but yeah, they, they got the name first. So then I, I thought, okay, let's go with DM-North will be the website name. And 
I kind of was a little concerned using the DM name with uh, Steven right. being out there. Oh, yeah. So I, I did contact him beforehand. I said, like, look, this is kind of what I'm planning on doing. I'm just, I, I need the I need the initials. <laughs> to do, do I have your blessing to go with it? And he said, yeah. Great. So I said, okay, cool. So then started putting it together and went live for the life of me. I can't remember when. <laughs> it's been a while. I mean, somewhere in probably 2017. Uh, I think we're coming up two years so yeah, the the whole point of it was just to start sharing. Maybe someone reads it, maybe someone doesn't, and either way, I'm going to have fun with it. And Laurie's joined in; he contributes quite a bit. Then Gord, he's actually a player in my local area. He was doing a lot on the reserve pool. So I said to him one day, I said, "Do you want to write for DM North too?" He said, "Yeah, sure." So he jumped in, and we've kind of grown a bit since then. Many Canadians are now participating. Yeah, it was like Son of L and Kim and Reg have joined the scene with you guys. Um, Jocelyn joined us. Jocelyn, of course. Yeah, yeah she was doing, her first article was on her, her experience at Nats. Oh, okay, right. There's another article series, though, I think she's doing. She does um, Out of the Shadows quite a bit. Out of the Shadows, right. I quite like. I, I like that series quite a bit because it kind of pulls those cards that you don't really look at too much. Yeah. And tries to kind of shine a little spotlight on them. So yep. I love it. She she approached me with that idea. I said, yeah, go with it. That's fantastic. I think a lot of people have been reading it and checking in. The site looks great. Are you the primary designer? I mean, I know you've done a lot of other visual stuff. I am the graphic guy. I do everything pretty much. Yeah, it looks slick, man. Basically, I went that weekend when when Laurier and I were kind of planning this. I just looked at WordPress themes, looked for something that looked kind of nice, sort of clean looking. Seems to work. (laughs) Bingo. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we're cool. And I mean, WordPress is pretty easy to work with. Yeah. I mean, even old man like me can do a little bit. So there we are. Jeez, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I mean... <laughs> but yeah, like all the graphic design work is all on me. I just kind of put things together. The guys who write their own articles, they pick the images for their stuff. So yeah, we've been growing pretty well. It's been exciting. And uh, Reg and Kim kind of helped us with the YouTube end of things. We didn't really do... Right. We did spotty YouTube stuff here and there but they were doing their kind of youtube thing i thought well why don't we just kind of get under one umbrella and just do it all together and they were game to join in so it's cool yeah yeah it's awesome you know i know kim had a question and i wanted to throw that out to you she was curious about your muppet icon and i want to take a guess about it before before you answer yes i want to take a guess because i when i first saw it i thought (laughs) okay that's the piano playing muppet right and i thought maybe it had something to do with piano but then i was like no what's his name it's not he's like a dr john ripoff and i think he's dr teeth which is which hey hey, am i get am i close here am i closing in am i warm now (laughs) you you might you might be getting close (laughs) because you're a dentist am i not right i I am a i am a dentist so i'm a doctor of teeth awesome so i i I inherited the muppet so there you go kim i have now answered the question No, I've been using that Muppet online for years, even well before Dice Masters. And I've just kept it. I'm going, you know what? It's it's what I do. And he's a cool, fun-loving Muppet. You know, how can you go wrong with that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. One of your most famous pages on DM North is Team of the Month. Can you tell us about that and how it got started, how it works, and what's going on with it currently? Well, okay, I think we'd been blabbering on with what we did on the on the site for so long. That I wanted to kind of, but the one thing that was missing was the the community feedback and just the the back and forth. Right. So I decided, you know what, let's put a challenge out there. Say like, I want you to build a team based on this, whatever, whatever fancied me that day, I guess. And let's challenge the community to put together something, kind of solve the puzzle. 
And originally it was kind of just a partnership with James and Zach. So we'd get all the teams, like people would submit them to us. And then we'd kind of pick what we thought were the most interesting two, not necessarily the best two, right? but ones that we thought would be kind of fun to see go up against each other. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we kind of turned them over to James and Zach and let them kind of have at it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. A little cross branding there. That's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. And then we got quite a bit of feedback of people saying, you know, well, why don't we play our teams? Why don't we play our teams? And I'm going, well, why don't you play your teams? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't really have a good answer for that. So then, then we decided to say, you know what, let's just turn it into a once a month. We'll, we'll get together on a Saturday night and Roll roll some dice, show up, have some fun and, and that's it. So, uh, awesome. And this month's event, I think it just got posted recently, right? As an adventure? It or did, actually. It just went up uh, today. So, yeah, it's coming up. I think it's the 25th. Okay. The podcast will be out before that, I hope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, it, if, it's, happens. <laughs> if it's before the 25th, then great. You still have a chance to enter. <laughs> if it's after the 25th, well, we'll try for February. <laughs> they decided, you know, Waterdeep's just been released. Uh, let's go D&D. So for this month, what we're doing is basically I wanted to build a, a monsters versus adventurers team. Oh, great. So half your team's got to be monsters. So they got to have the monster banner on them. And half your team has to have the experience keyword. Okay. So they have to be adventurers. And people like Monsoon or something wouldn't count because they can't be. Adventurers. No, I did say as long as they got the keyword, they're okay. Okay, cool. Got it. So those ones who don't count as adventurers do count as adventurers. <laughs> okay. <got laughs> for this month. <laughs> they're just nasty adventurers. <laughs> Yeah, well, I figure I want everything. The, yeah. I mean, the guys who aren't going to make the cut are the guys who do things with experience. Like Dernan, is that his name? Or... Dernan. Yeah, Dernan. Yeah, he helps everybody out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's awesome for adventures, yep. but he's not allowed to play. He just one. sits on the side and has a beer. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that, is, that is a nice die, actually. I do like that. It one. is, isn't it? I lost my temper with Dernan the other day. Lucan can tell you all about it. <laughs> Yeah, well, you ended up winning that game, so I don't know what you're complaining about. I did, about. I was, but I really, I really, I got so salty, I, I came unglued. It was poor, poor Ryan was sitting next to me because I bought Dern in, like, turn two. And we had a long game yeah. of turns, and he came out every single turn. And every single time, he rolled single fist. Every single, oh, no. he rolled double fist once, and then he just showed me, he gave me a single fist. And, you know, I was like, uh, no, Dern in. <laughs> I'm tired of being fisted with you, my friend. <laughs> That's where you swap the die, right? That's it's like, nope, we're not rolling you anymore. Well, we were, we were, we did a draft of it, so I only had one. I had to live with it. So that's the team of the month, and people what just match up and play their teams against each other, and you keep score. Yeah, just uh, yeah, whoever shows up shows up, and we just kind of pair people off. It's pretty random how it's set up, and do like thirty minute matches. I mean, it's Saturday night; yeah. you don't want to be up forever. So you do three rounds or three matches, or how's it? How's uh, usually it? about three rounds is how it works. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how many people show up, but typically we we kind of get in three. Okay, great. Similar to like how the, the weekly dice arena and that kind of stuff works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, one of those things that I keep saying I'm going to do one of these days, and. You know, I'm a big local player, but I just haven't I haven't fully invested in the online yet just because my schedule is so crazy that it's hard to get pen pen things down. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I'd love to play, but my bus leaves school after the tournament has already started. <laughs> yeah, we got West Coast problems over here, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's jump back a little bit in time to the summer because when we had Steven on the show, one of the questions we asked him was, what was your most memorable match that you watched that you were able to record and commentate on? And he brought out your first Swiss match. Yes. So let's talk about your team a little bit real quick. And for those of you who haven't seen it, watch that first match from DM Armada's YouTube site. And we'll throw in links in the show notes at Luke. Rollandthunder.xyz forward slash 208 for season two, episode eight. There you go. Okay. So tell us about your team and it's genesis and all that well it's it ended up being very similar to laurier's team and that was just i think we both kind of liked what we were building and testing and we both decided we were going to play it. it's like okay whatever <laughs> so be it. right i i was going into this like the worlds was my very first live competitive event i've ever been to like i've never i've never actually made it to any events before okay so i thought you know what i'm gonna go here i'm gonna i'm gonna just i'm gonna have fun with it and uh, I'm not playing Iceman. Like, I, I refuse to do that. I just I don't like that <laughs> right. that style. It's not doesn't fit me. Got it. So I was just trying to think, well, what do I enjoy? And one team I always loved playing was the Samantha Wilson spot combo. Right. Where you basically just flood your bag with sidekicks and just keep fielding them and just overwhelm and slam them with team up. I think yeah. is how I did it the first time around. It's the methamphetamine character rush kind of thing going on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But at that time, Atlantis didn't exist. And now it did. So I thought, yeah. you know what? I'm going to I'm going to throw Atlantis into the mix here and see how it works. And it didn't work very well <laughs> initially. I realized kind of spot was kind of pointless with Atlantis. Like there wasn't really a reason for it. Right. I and mean, even Sam Wilson at the time going, well, I'm not sure she's really necessary on the team. So it, it turned into more of the, I saw the video with Peter Jezik mm-hmm. with his famous fish slap across Mr. Six. Yeah. That was the old one big weekend from last year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I saw that and I went, oh my God, that is <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I'm going, I got to, I got to play this. Yeah. And, and I, I had played it locally and I quite enjoyed it. It was very fun, but it was very glass cannon. If it doesn't work, if it doesn't roll, you're dead. Like, right. <laughs> it's, right. But it works or it doesn't. It was a genius brew, though. You know, really just all in. Here I go. Hell's bells, pedal to the metal. Yeah. I really thought that with the LCG format, we'd see a lot more static field. But that didn't seem to hurt Peter too badly. Yeah, but you were attacking with so many people that static field becomes... Well, that was my theory. Um, So yeah, it was just, it was enjoyable to watch and it it was fun to play when I played it. So I said, you know what? That's what we're doing. We're going with the fish slap. Awesome. Yeah. So basically it was then testing it and building it to fight Iceman. That was really the big boogeyman, right? Mm -hmm. Going into worlds. So I, I, I kept his core, which was basically, I think he had Wong as well. He had the Atlantis. I think he had the Black Widow was his little addition to the team so i think i used that core yeah and kind of started building from there and then of course through the pxg in there because you don't want your easy sidekicks right. <laughs> right. i unfortunately put shriek on the team which i felt terrible doing i am not a shriek. i hate shriek right but you know it's competitive events sometimes so well that's just it. Yeah, that's I'm, yeah. I'm going like laurie said to me if you don't run it you're <laughs> you're done i'm going yeah okay <laughs> I, I can understand not running it at, like we don't run it in our local scene like right. rarely ever does it show up so I, I kind of felt bad running it. But yeah, it was needed. Mm-hmm. Supreme Intelligence, like I found out you can't run this team without it. Like it makes your team so much better. Yeah. And then it came with a couple extra slots there. And basically we put Green Devil Mask in there to kind of thin the fields. Mm-hmm. And Samantha Wilson ended up back on the team because she was just yeah. sitting off to the side from a previous build. And we're going, you know what? That global's not too bad, actually. Yeah. It's so interesting <laughs> that she came back, not for her ramping ability, but for her no. anti-Iceman ability, right? Well, that's that's what it came to because we tried i don't even remember everything we tested with it and it just it wasn't working like iceman just stomped it 
And then we we threw that in there, going, "Hey, this isn't this yeah. isn't bad, actually." Because Atlantis gives you so many shields too. So there you exactly. Are, right? So if you flub with the shields, they're actually useful for something here. Right. How many Atlantis dice were you generally buying, especially because with Supreme yeah. Intelligence, you don't need quite as many because you can just keep slamming that one over. But the shields are useful, right? So they're incredibly useful. I think. I, although I think, and I mean, we're going off memory mm-hmm. from a while back here now. Right. I don't think I bought more than two dice. Right. I, I, I brought four, but I. Only only bought two right at, at most and it's just because it was just i needed other things did you run into iceman and peter yezikon after the one big weekend online final last year he talked about how important it was to buy up both of the fishes on the first two turns he won every game he was able to do that and the only game he lost was the one where he couldn't get both of his fishes <laughs> do you perceive that to be true as well and find it equally important to get your atlantis dice so early i don't think so like again with having supreme intelligence it's almost like you had a fish every turn mm-hmm. or a lot of turns anyway so i i wasn't desperate for that second one as much right I know I bought it a couple times, but most of the time I was just, I had the two energy. I just shoved it back over once I was done with it and (laughs) used it the next turn. (laughs) Right. And start going ramping like crazy again, right? And so, yeah, exactly. And if that fish didn't turn, would you turn that into another fish or? Uh, it would depend on the situation of where I was at, because the problem with this team is like, you got to have sidekicks to field, like you need stuff in the bag. And it depends what was going on in the game itself, too. So, I mean, sometimes, yeah, I turn it into another fish. Sometimes I would just sit on the two energy or whatever I had and say, okay, I'll do nothing and wait for something to happen here. Right. How many Icemen did you run into? Any? In the top eight match Ah. was, I think that was my first Iceman, actually. Was that Rob? Yeah, that was Rob's team. Right. Great player. Fun, nice guy, too. So, uh, Oh, he's a super nice guy. How did that go for you? Was Sam Wilson helpful to you at that point? or how? (laughs) It was, but I brain farted on how it worked, I'll be honest with you. I I kind of forgot that you could prevent the ping. Right. There you are. Exactly. So, you know, I just stop a little bit of damage. Then afterwards, I'm like, oh, you're a moron. Like, you can Right. <laughs> well, you know, that's so interesting, though, because can you explain that to the listeners? Because I remember back in the way back in the AVX days when they were talking about Hulk, they were talking about the, the same global on Vibranium Shield was used to stop people from pinging their own Hulk and clearing their board, you know? So this global's kind of been lurking there in the shadows for a long time, so to speak. You like that, Jocelyn? I got you there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, can you can you explain, like, just practically how that works for people who are newer to the game? And, and, and Well, it's, uh, well, the global states, and I think it's on more than one of her cards, but it says, pay a shield, prevent one damage to target character, die, or player. And what you should be doing with it is when they're going to ping the rice man with magic missile or whatever it is, you should use the shield to prevent that ping. Right. And then nothing happens. I think a couple times I used it to just prevent some of the damage to me. Right. After the fact, I'm going, you're like, what were you doing? <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing is don't beat up on yourself too much because that is the straightforward way of thinking. Oh, I can just reduce damage to myself. It's kind of, you got to yeah. take that, that cool dice masters counterintuitive leap. To like say, hey, what else can I do with this? Wait, I can do a little bit of extra something here, you know? Well, I mean, I, I clued in in that match, but it was like, I think the first couple times I, I took it and I'm going, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, that team moves so quickly that if you make a, a misstep, it can be over pretty fast, right? Well, that's what we learned in testing with this team was it was, it's a race. Right. Both of these teams are races. Like, I'm not going to beat Iceman in pure power. I'm just going to try to run faster than him and, right. and just run over him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Swarm around him, right? <laughs> exactly exactly and i mean and i think that's kind of where my version of the team and laurie is kind of diverted i think he put insect plague on his he did yeah and you had resurrection there is that right i had resurrection and haymaker as my actions i i decided like static field is a big thing right now and i thought you know what i can't stop it all i can do is you know 
what are the odds that anyone's going to bring a team that can produce 47 masks every turn? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) welcome to mimic land, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I I thought like there's the the probability of that many masks being around there would be pretty low. And even if they were there, fine, then they're not buying things. They're just saving their masks to stop me, but I'll just keep charging at them with things. Right. And that was the genius of Ben's team in the day, because he could also use those masks not only to static field unit, prevent him from dying, but hit you with Green Lantern damage as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, like that was an ingenious build. It was it was perfect for what was coming at him. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it sounds like you had a fun time at Graceland, right? I mean, I, don't know, I did. I had a blast. To meet you there, you know? It was just kind of, oh, it was, yeah, it was awesome. To, it was awesome to meet everybody, actually. It was, yeah. It was, it was, I told my wife when I got back, I said, it was like the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life because I went there knowing I've met none of these people face to face. Like I, I didn't know anybody. I've talked to lots of them. I, I know what their hands look like. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> right. But I, I couldn't tell you anything else about them. And then it was just like talking to old friends, like just right off the bat. And it was, it was very strange for like a first time meeting, really. Oh, yeah, I know. It was neat. It really neat. Yeah. It was. And I, I hope they're doing it again this year. Me too. And I really do hope that they announce it soon <laughs> to yeah. get the date out there. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I think that was a big problem with the other one. Like the date was very last minute, it seemed. Right. Also very inconvenient. Well, yes, yeah, there was yeah. a lot of people who couldn't yeah. go. And I mean, for me, I, I'm lucky I do kind of run my own business. So I kind of decide what happens and what doesn't happen. And I decided. I'm going. I don't care. Yeah. For people, was, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, for us, it was tough just because, you know, he's a student and we had to get out of school like and school big, had just started. started. And so it's kind of like, you know, but well, it had been like an in session for like a couple of weeks by that point. It's the junior year and there's just a lot of issues <laughs> with it. Yeah. Just more excuses for why I didn't prepare as well as I should have. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hope they do it. And I hope they get the date out sooner than later because yep. it'll give people time to prepare for it. And I know. Barring a disaster, I plan on going. Yeah, I plan on coming back. I, I had such a blast. I, I can't imagine not going. Yeah, well, we'll we'll be there too if it's at all possible. So, well, hopefully we'll see you there again. If so, you know. Yeah. One of the things we've been wanting to talk about a lot, especially at the beginning of this Dice Masters quarter, is starting to set up local scenes. Because with the return of draft packs coming up, we've gotten a lot of inquiries about like, hey, how do how do we start up a local scene? There's a guy we met in Rancho Cucamonga. Rich Rancho Cucamonga and, yeah. and played with the guys. Much a new scene. It was just nine people. Nine which people. Is the first time we've had something that fresh in a long time. It was awesome. It was and, and their draft, they were drafting UXM, you know, and again. It's usually one guy, and it's a guy named Gary who's done a great job of just really kind of taking the bull by the horns and and really finding ways to, and that scene in particular, the store owner wasn't really too crazy about carrying a lot of WizKids products, so... Gary kind of made a little negotiation with her. So he brings the product. The players come. They pay five bucks to the store to play. Everybody scratches everybody's back. The store gets the prize support, so it all works great. It's just another way. I know we hear a lot of people saying, like, how do I do this? And sometimes there's a little hesitancy because people are a little gun-shy with WizKids. Well, I think the new draft packs eventually will be a way for you know everybody to kind of feed off the same trough, so to speak. But in the meantime, if you're just trying to get started, I thought Gary's template might be a way for people to go in and approach a shop. In other words, you're not really asking much from the shop other than like, hey, if we come and play here and people pay you to just let us come in and play. Occupy table space. Occupy table space. It's like a, not not as much of a risk for them. And, and eventually 
I think the game sells itself. So, and if you cannot find any blind product, and if your store is unwilling to buy blind product either because they don't want to or because there is none, we have also figured out a very mathematically efficient way to draft the box sets, which is on our website at rollandthunder.xyz, no apostrophe, no G. That's true, Shameless that's true. Plug. So you could do that, or but there is still blind product out there. You just have to buy it yourself, and then what Gary does is he buys like a box of UXM or something else from the web, and then people come in and pay him for the product when they draft it or what have you. So, I know there's still one place, uh, it's an app called Geek. They All the stuff comes in from China, so it takes a long time to get there. And at this point, it's not even a significant amount cheaper because that's kind of the main selling point of the app that the stuff is cheaper. But you can find blind product on there. So if people are looking for like old sets, blind product to host your own drafts, that is a place where you can find old sets. Yeah. Jordan, what you, is that? What's the name of that? Geek. Geek. Yeah. We'll put it on the show notes as well. So. Okay. Yeah. But let's talk about your local scene. I, I was interested when we were kind of texting back and forth before we got on the line here. You were talking about how you're seeing kind of TOs itself. Talk to me about the scene in Calgary. And, and Yeah, we're uh, like I joined the game. It was already going when I kind of joined in. So the, the scene was kind of already going. It was kind of in the, the heyday of Dice Masters. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of filtered down like we're about, I want to say, six to seven, maybe eight on a good day. And it's been the same core for for quite a while. I mean, it's just a great group of guys. We're not trying to like murder each other with horrible, horrible. Well, we are, but we're, we're doing it gently, we're, right? We're, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're we're doing like we're trying to come up with the goofiest way to kill your opponent possible, usually. Yep. Or trying some insane combo that needs twelve cards to work. Right. Uh, <laughs> I hope your opponent brings the other ones you need. Like, uh, there's a lot of experimentation and just seeing different things and it's very rare in my area to see the same team twice right although although if any of them are listening to this i know just over holidays people got a little tired and lazy and just right. like ah, here, i had this team last time i'm just playing it <laughs> <You're> <laughs> all, they're kind of an exception to the rule in general. yeah exactly exactly but for the most part it's just you see really interesting stuff and that's kind of what's kept me in the game like mm-hmm. i think if i had been around in the days of bard and all yeah. that stuff I wouldn't be playing today. I'd be, and if it, and if my scene was like that. Well, but that's the thing is, it's interesting. I, let's talk healthy scenes because it seems like you've got some unwritten rules that seem to be kind of yeah, bubbling. We're, really we're sort of in that same boat when we played in the Bard meta. And, you know, in our group, you know, the Bard was sort of discovered and then quickly put away just because. And I don't think it even had to be. You know, Robert is one of the big tos in some of the scenes, and he will. If he needs to rein something in, rein something in. But he rarely has to because people generally are, you know, aware of, hey, if it's we're going to do in casual, let's not try to just butcher each other with the most brutal stuff. Now, if we get into training for a bigger event and stuff, there's kind of times of the season where some of the big cars will come back out. But it's with the understanding that everybody knows it's okay for everybody. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, Do you find the same yeah. thing in your, in your meta and your local? Thing? Pretty much. I mean, uh, yeah, like I said, it's rare to see these power cards come out. I, mm-hmm. And I mean, when someone plays something that's exceptionally nasty, 
we kind of go, yeah, maybe we shouldn't play that again. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Son of El, his article that just, I think it went up today, actually, yeah. with Hope Summers, Boom Boom, yeah. Wild yeah. Magic, and Shockwave. Yeah, that can get nasty fast, boy, all that multiplying. Yeah. It's I I knew it was going to be bad. Like, I played him the first round, and I said I knew it was going to be bad, and I knew my team wasn't going to keep up with his. Mm-hmm. But when he hit me that first time, I'm like, holy, <laughs> that, was, that was very unexpected. Right. right. <laughs> um, so, and he said at the end of his article, too, where he said, yeah, I don't think this will be coming out ever again because <laughs> it, it worked too good. Yeah, right. Well, you know, we'll keep an eye on that for, you know, again, if you want to keep a scene going for a long time, it's funny, David Walsh was talking about it. You know, he he found it was difficult after he won nationals and then finished second in Worlds. But a lot of times people kind of ran away from it. You know, he thought, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be my chance. You know, people will come and play at the scene with me now because I've got some notoriety or something. And then he found it was actually the opposite. People ran away. They thought, oh, I can't ever win. I'm, I'm out of here. You know, and so we did a study with rats, too, which you brought up where yeah, uh, there's like an alpha rat and a beta rat and they would play together. They'd like roughhouse and whatnot. And if the alpha rat didn't let the beta rat win the little wrestling match at least 30 percent of the time, the beta rat would just leave. Right. Yeah, so I think that's something to keep in mind in terms of we all want to play in a healthy scene. And and if you're the dominant player in your local scene, maybe try building from the back catalog. You know, give yourself a little handicap, make it a little harder on yourself. I think it'll help you grow as a player. And maybe you pick some card that kind of highlights some hidden underlying dynamic of Dice Masters that would be helpful not only to you to play, but for the local community as well to get a handle on. Yeah, I mean, in our scene, that's the kind of the way it is. Like, people just, there, there isn't really a dominant player. Mm-hmm. Like, anyone can win on any night. Right. Like I said, the power cards just aren't always there. And we try to keep it fun, too. Like, with uh, the way kind of the releases have happened recently, we've kind of been forced into making our own fun. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so coming up with themes, restrictions, yeah, just anything to kind of either handicap your game, however you want to say mm-hmm. it, but just something to to force you to think about how you're doing things. And it's led to some interesting ways to play the game. A couple that I've loved, and one one that was extremely difficult was there's a guy in our scene named Alan, and he wasn't going to make it the next week. He told us. So we said, okay, no A's allowed. <laughs> that, right. that we just off the cuff decided that. So like the vowel A is banned from all cards? Was that the idea? The title, we said. The title of the card could not have the letter A in it. Okay, great. Okay. And then you start looking at cards, you go, holy, yeah. there's a ton of cards that have A's. Like, I can't, use that, I can't use that, I can't use that. Yeah. Like, I've just eliminated so many. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was kind of an off-the-cuff one. And we've done lots of things like that where we just, someone says something stupid and we just come up with a way to play around it. Yeah, we, we like to uphold Robert as a very ideal TO. There are a few things that he does, which really make every week you come back to the store just a unique week. And two of those things in particular, which I, I really like, is TOs shouldn't generally be afraid of banning a few things, mm-hmm. especially if the players in the scene make it seem necessary, like, oh, you keep on bringing Iceman? Well, we're going to need to put that car on a ban list. But what he does, so he doesn't ban the actual win conditions. For example, you would have Gold Dragon and Ring of Winter, right? And that was getting some popularity around our scene a while back when that was very meta. And so instead of banning Gold Dragon, he banned Ring of Winter because that's the enabler card, right? And yeah, it's a lot yeah. more fun to ban the enabler card than it is to ban the right. actual win con. And the other thing, which is probably the more important thing which he does, is we have leagues. And every time there's a league, every single event, he prints out a bingo sheet 
with various conditions and achievements and achievements. So like if you build a team that is all of one affiliation, you get some points and the points are weighed against your final score and they can either add to it or subtract from it in certain occasions if you meet one of like the negative conditions or something. And there are also in-game conditions that you have to meet or can optionally meet, like have all eight sidekicks in the field at once. It just makes it fun, unique way to play. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing is by by creating kind of restrictions with even without a ban list, just by saying, hey, we are just playing in set today. You know, like we're, yeah. we're going to have one next week where we call it seven and one, where we're going to do seven things from Waterdeep in the associated team pack. And you can bring in one card from outside. And that kind of keeps the super hijinks at bay, you know, especially the super hijinks outside of the set and golden yeah i mean I, it's sometimes up to you as well personally like even if it's a constructed night there's sometimes i'll just challenge myself to do something and it may not be win the game it might be do do something else like right lucan mentioned fielding all eight sidekicks <laughs> i had tried a game the whole goal of the team was i was going to use a common blob to capture all eight of your sidekicks <laughs> right <laughs> i didn't care if i won a single right. game like i was going for the high score on that one that's all i wanted to do i think i got to like five or six that was the best oh, I could that's do. Awesome. but for me it was a building just okay well i need to build to do this this is what i want the machine to do today yeah i've built an objectively terrible team which i've been wanting to try out forever but it, it kills your opponent with Bagburn. <laughs> i tried that once and it didn't go well for me <laughs> it's, it's a work in progress i'll get it done someday it'll happen yeah but you know i think I think these are all good things about talking about how to keep a scene running for the long haul. But how about just setting a scene up? Do you have any stories or advice for the people out there who are thinking about, hey, taking the bull by their horns and, and setting up their own scene? I think right now, in all honesty, would be difficult mm -hmm. the way the game is right today. I think when draft packs hit again, right. I, I see things change. I'm hoping things are going to change. Because right now, how do you build a scene? I mean, someone comes in, buys their box, and then they build with it, and, and that's it. Right. Well, I'm thinking this is the time where the inkling, maybe it kind of is lingering in the air as people are hearing about draft packs coming back. And just like doing the footwork now so that when draft packs drop, there's a place to be ready to go, you know? I, I think your best bet is, I mean, if you don't have a store locally that like it's going to be impossible but i mean if you have a store that's not playing dice masters right now is maybe to approach them kind of like what you said is go to them and say hey could we come down on a tuesday wednesday thursday night and right hang out and play here we'll we'll pay you for your time and make it worth your while yep now like like i said right now part of the problem is there's really nothing to buy like once right. you bought your product you're done <laughs> right whereas i mean back in the days of booster packs i mean at the end of the night you're buying we were always buying a bunch like, right easily walked out of there with at least 10 bucks worth of something well here's the yeah. other thing it's like people should also be open to like because it is a well game stores are like the first place people think of but a lot of dice masters it's played in comic book shops as well. So if you have a comic shop in your neighborhood, that may be another place to go and pitch. And then even in St. Louis, they had a small, I think it was a game store, but the game store was so small, but the game store was willing to help supply product and, and OP kits and stuff, but they played next door at a bar. So feel free to be creative about this. I, I hear a lot of people say, yeah, how can I do this? Thing. I mean, uh, and it depends on your scene, too. I right. mean, if you've got lots of younger kids, obviously a bar is not going to work out too well. Right. Yeah. So you kind of got to know your audience. But I think the best way to do it is just kind of get out there, see if you can find a home mm -hmm. 
and then just try to build from there. And, and this is kind of the ideal me talking. Like in our, in our scene, we're very stagnant right now. We haven't grown at all. Right. And uh, we occasionally get the odd player coming in, but they, they don't come back for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Whether they're just kitchen table players and they would just happen to be out that day, I don't know. Right. Because all of us were like, you want product here. You can have our to- all our spares. <laughs> like, take them. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> so maybe we scared them off with that. <laughs> That's possible. But I, I think you just you gotta you gotta do the groundwork here, and and I think when, like I said, when the draft packs come back, it's gonna give people a reason to buy these extra things. Yep, it's gonna open up trading again, which was fun. Like yep. I mean, with the guys in my area, like what you need here, take it, take it, take it, take it. Which is another reason to show up at the shop, and another reason to show yeah. up and play, right? So and, and the drafts, like I would early on, like when I go to a, a draft, I, I was drafting for collecting. Like my draft strategy was always red stripes, <laughs> yellow stripes, <laughs> then win condition after that <laughs> right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. well that, that was the other thing i was going to talk about like with just the fun gaming night you know and when you were having a fun casual i know when we talk about building a team a lot of times we're talking about building around a win condition and, and that is true in a competitive scene but for your casual team you can build around other ways i remember russell love talking about just hey i want to experiment with ramp engines this week and just yes. building all around that and seeing how many dice he could pull and you know if he wins great but if he can do the goal of getting his ramp engine up well that's time well spent you know and, and that feeds back into the idea you know a lot of people say like oh well there's no new product there's no draftable or blind product out it's a, just a very difficult time for dice masters but a very simple thing that you could do is just go into the store. When we have constructed tournaments at our local store, there's a buy-in. And then if it's a draft, we can pull from the store owner's set of promos. And if it's a constructed event, if you win, everybody has to pay the same amount as if they were doing a draft. But we get a little bit of store credit, which is nice, mm-hmm. which is just another way to make things work between you and your store owner, especially if they don't want to have to carry Dice Masters because store credit is useful whether or not they carry Dice Masters, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, if anybody's out there listening and would like some help, please email us or you can get in touch with us on the contact page. We'll be happy to give you our two cents and lots of sidekicks and other stuff, too, if you need it to help get things going. And to that end, you know, let's talk a little bit about One Big Weekend, which is one of the things that we love to do to try to get the local scenes up and give them something to do. We brought it up last year because of the lack of WKOs, but Matt, you were extremely, extremely helpful and a big part of the team that got things up and running. Let's go back and flashback. I know after 2019, when you did a survey about what we did right, what we did wrong, can you kind of refresh our memory about how things went last year and kind of set the table for what we got going here for 2020? I think... I think, and of course, I don't have it in front of me here, but overall, it was it was good feedback. Mm-hmm. Most of the people who did fill out the survey, they didn't really care about what the prizing was. They, they just wanted to play in some kind of an event. And I know that's the big thing with all of these type of events is, well, why are you playing? Like, what's the <laughs> right. what's the payoff here? Because there, there should be a payoff. I mean, it's it's give me a card with a blue stripe right. on it. I don't care what it says. I, just, I want something. Give me a shiny card, something, something pretty, like what, whatever. But that was the big thing. People didn't really seem to care. They weren't so concerned about the prize and they thought it was great to have some, but mm-hmm. whatever. But it was just the fact that, you know, it was pretty well organized, pretty well run. I unfortunately couldn't help with the online one. I remember I was working that day right. and I, I felt really bad. I'm like, oh my God, I helped do all this stuff. And then I, I kind of said, here you go. See ya. <laughs> Good luck. Right. Well, you know, but to remind our listeners, Matt, you made some of these incredible back indicator cards that were just awesome. And, and a poster too. And a poster the... and the photo, you know, so 
you were really speaking of your branding and your designing expertise. It, it was on full display for one big weekend last year. And hopefully we can lean on you a little bit again this coming year. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to doing that kind of stuff. For those of us who weren't around last year when we did it, basically the principle is we're going to do probably we're looking like early April is where I'm shooting for, I think. Having a tournament, any local store can just write into us. We've got a bunch of people who've already contacted us, gotten on the list, and basically we'll send out some prize support. You guys out there in the world can choose your own format. Hopefully we'll have draft packs by that time, so I'm assuming a lot of folks will probably want to draft, but you can do whatever you want at your local shop, and we'll have prize support. I've been in touch with Jimmy. I think WizKids is going to help us out a little bit if all things go well. And I'll tell you what would really help us out if they could get their set out on time. But I'm not <laughs> complaining. I mean, Jimmy, I'll take what you can give. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I, I think that's what everyone's hoping for because uh, uh, I know we haven't really talked a whole lot about this year's plans. But I, I thought, in my mind, I thought wait till the draft packs come out. Mm-hmm. I, that's when you're going to have probably your most success. Yep, that's what we're trying to do. And I think I know WizKids are working hard on it right now. I think that's been their their real focus right now is to get these draft backs up and out so we'll see i mean that's why i'm kind of saying april ish right now i don't want to get too late with it because i don't want it to get into the kind of nationals origins area i don't want it to crowd that too much so we'll see but that's the idea anyway so if you're out there and you've got a local scene and want to be part of one big weekend it costs you nothing it's all just fun we want everyone to come out and play. It's just our attempt to blow some wind into the sails of the local scenes across the world. Yes, Lucan. The very important thing, which you forgot, is the top two finishers from yes. each local store qualify for the One Big Weekend online tournament where all the top two finishers from all the stores who registered with One Big Weekend come and they compete online and the biggest prizing is there. Although we don't really know what we're going to do for prizing because our collections, <laughs> is, it, let's just say it's a little bit dried out from last year. Like we took all the loot we carried home from Nats and Worlds when we did well there. And now we're kind of, well, out. we're going to, we'll <laughs> still have something good. We, I promise we're going to we'll have, have something, something good. good. We just and don't know what. Yet. And if you're <laughs> top two finishers, let me clarify that a little bit, are qualified to play in the online tournament. They don't have to. If they're not able to, that qualification can pass down to somebody below them, the next pit place to finisher. So the idea is we got to kind of this whole worldwide scene coming together. And and last year was really fun. Like that fish team came out of it. And James had a great team. A lot of people came together and played. And it was, just turned out to be just a fun kind of communal experience. And that's the hope is to like get things going on a local level and then kind of help breed the online scene and the world thing together as well. So if you're out there in a local scene, I'm talking across the world from the people in Portugal, Portugal, Poland. If you're in Mozambique, give us a call, <laughs> you know, drop us a line. We will help. We'll get you something to play with. There's one other thing. We're going to try to keep it this year to qualifiers for the online tournament have to have competed and either had a qualification passed down. Last year, there were some discrepancies over people who wanted to come into the tournament and hadn't competed and it just got very messy really quickly because, oh, you're going to let one person and you're not going to let the other person in. We want to keep it very simple and grounded this year. 
if you didn't qualify, you can't compete in the online tournament. <laughs> fair. Sorry, enough. you know that's that's absolutely fair though. I mean, that's that's it shouldn't really be any other way. So I, I think if as long as it's up front with everyone, say this is it, set in stone. Yeah, and the other thing, if if you're out there and you have any ideas about things you'd like to see, I know Matt, you had a really cool idea, which I thought was neat, was possibly doing sleeves as as prizing this year. Yeah, well, this this is I know we've all we've discussed this quite a mm-hmm. bit as to like what do what do we do for people? Do we make game mats? Do we do tokens? Do we do sleeves? I mean, everyone wants the cards. Right. Is is the big prize, but I mean, of course, legally you can't do that. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, so, like Well, Jimmy may help us out there. Jimmy may help us out and, there. And PDC was a massive success and almost all the prizing for PDC was purely just accessories. Yeah, and I think there's enough there that you can create. I mean, uh, I mean, we can design a pretty nice playmat out there yep. if people want it. But the thing with playmats is they're very personalized, right? Right. Like everyone's got their own thing and they like their certain designs. Some people so just like we... to flex. <laughs> well, there's that too. Yes, there is. I, I, I know when I got back from Worlds, those yellow sidekicks were... <laughs> yeah. Were I, I, I <laughs> used them for like the first couple events and they were just terrible to me. It was like, oh, this is this is them punishing me for flexing on people. <laughs> so now I'm back to just my normal white sidekicks. And the, so, I mean, cards, card sleeves aren't a bad idea. You can yeah. probably make them pretty decent. I, I don't know how many basic action indicator cards a person needs. <laughs> right. But maybe we'll do it. I, you know, if anybody has any desires, maybe we should put up a poll or something. But but put it this way. Contest X on the contact page. If you have something that you would really like in prizing, let us know. And we will, I can promise you, we'll consider it. And shoot us an email at lucan at rollandthunder.xyz or arge at rollandthunder.xyz, no apostrophe, no G. Nobody ever sends us anything. These emails are here for a reason. They're here for you guys. And it's like after we stop doing the puzzles, like they just, which we should probably start again. But we, the, the, the two answers we got per episode dropped to zero per episode. But we are. Hey, I sent in an answer. Yeah, yeah, we got more than two. He's, he's, be, he's feeling a little sorry for himself a right now. Bit dramatic. You know? But I mean, as you, what you just said, there's probably a good idea, like putting a poll out there as to what do people want. Yeah, let's do that. But I, I think the the big, the popular thing right now is what Reg has been doing is handing out those tokens. Yeah, yeah. And people like them. They're 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 really handy. They're super handy. <laughs> yep. So yeah, let's. I I think tokens for sure are probably on the menu. Don't you think they have to be? Oh, uh, I I would I would say so because they're useful. And sleeves are useful too. Who couldn't use sleeves, right? So maybe those are sleeves would be cool if you can come up with some good ideas. Yeah, it's a bit of a high concept, like wow, kind of thing. But if it's possible, maybe Godcatcher three D printed little statue things. That's pretty cool. That's possible. I I, I think that. Isn't it going to get banned here in the next couple days? (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. There's varying opinions on that card. I I think a very effective errata for that card would just be your opponent uses an action instead of you use an action. That would be interesting. The way I see it, it's not a trap. It's not a trap if you're the one who triggers it. Like that's yeah, exactly. Exactly. action, you know? Right. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. It it does feel like a mistake somehow, but... uh... Speaking of Godcatcher, now Matt, you've had the Water Deep set for a while. You've had a chance to play it a little yep. bit now. What are what are your thoughts on the cards and and all that kind of stuff? Taking a step back, what's your impressions of it so far? It's good. I'm not a D and D fan. I've never played the role playing game. I've never really been into the the lore or anything like that. Right. And even when I started Dice Masters, I didn't buy any. I'm going like I give zero craps about this. Why am I going to spend my money on it? 
And then I saw the cards and reading, oh, those are pretty good. So yeah. I just started getting into it. Yeah. And D and D has always been it's always had that that something that the other sets never get for whatever reason. And this one's no different. It's got some very interesting things. So yeah, there's Godcatcher, which is if you haven't seen it in action, Lorian designed a horrible team with it, yep. and we we played it on YouTube. So uh, I'll get you the link for that. But it's yeah, it's it's ridiculous how good and how fast it actually is. Another thing about the new D and D set is that the characters have names. Finally, yes. they're not just what they are. With like the epic greater Paragon thing going on. Well, I think that has to do with Waterdeep in specific, right? But uh, but so yeah, there's that. I mean, the Yawning Portal people have been talking about. Stephen loves Yawning Portal, so Yawning Portal is one of those cards in our scene. When I first got the Waterdeep stuff, uh, you know, that's the first card I pulled out right. to play. And when your opponent doesn't have access to it, mm-hmm. it's imbalanced as hell. Like it's it's. We basically banned that card until Waterdeep was released. Yeah, it's interesting. I played a game, you know, there's these certain cards. They can change just the the feel of the game in a way. I played a great game against Ron Hopkins the other night. And I we both were playing that Yawning Portal, you know, and it changes the game, right? Because you kind of have to keep track of not only your own Yawning Portal, but your opponent's Yawning Portal. Because you don't want to give him a ton of dice to roll when you know he's rolling Yawning Portal if you're not ready to do the coup de grace. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those situations where I had him, I kind of got everything lined up. I had one of the Oranaxes out, had a big field of adventures, didn't quite have a lethal. But if I attacked and a breath weaponed, my, all my adventures would get enough experience that I would have a lethal on the next turn. And I knew I had another dragon coming out of my bag. But his Yawning Portal was in the bag. So if I breath weapon, I give him all this energy. So I'm wrestling. I'm thinking, well, I got 75% chance. If I go through for the damage, I got him down to like seven or eight, and I definitely have that on the table. And he's only got adventures in the field. He's not going to be able to block if I'm able to breath weapon again. So I got a 75% chance of rolling my dragon, the one coming out of the bag. And, of course, he whiffs. I, I breath weapon. He rolls his stuff. He rolls a lot of energy. He buys, because it's Yawning Portal, he buys three dragons and puts them in his bag (laughs) right and my dragon doesn't roll i'm toast and of course my dragon doesn't roll and i'm toast so it just it changes the game in terms of like the mathematics so you've got to really kind of keep track of well the economy is completely different with the awning portal like your stuff is free to field so you're going to have excess energy there your stuff costs one less for everything that you do feel and it just jumps to the front of the line you know and yeah it jumps right into the bank so it's again in our scene we're we're not I mean, we're going to use the card, obviously, but we're not huge fans of it because it, it feels like it's one of those cards where yeah. they put too much on such a cheap card. Yeah. yeah. Where you could have had our our feeling anyway is that you should have had to pick one of those. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, choose one. It's what you get to do when you roll. Especially and, with uh, your situation. Our, just yesterday, I was actually playing a game with a guy from my local scene. It was turn three. It was a draft. And. I was able to buy two Drow Assassins with Obscure and two Kuotoas with Obscure and Infiltrate and put them straight into my bag. And each time I would do something, I'd I'd buy them for cheaper than I'd leave them in my use pile and be like, oh, they go in your bag too. And the next turn when I drew four of these characters, I was still surprised. Like, how did these get into my bag? But it doesn't feel like it worked that way, you know? No, no. Yeah. But I find, like, for me, like, that's the big part. But I find the fielding cost thing is a huge thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, uh, gold dragon, no problem. Three? three? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Ron, Ron pulled that out and was just like, okay, here's three of them. They're coming in the field. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, what? What am I supposed to do with that? So I, I think Yawning Portal will be fine 
in your scene if everyone has it like yeah. even uh as of last week we still didn't have the water deep stuff yet so yeah everyone's not playing with it yet but it's one of those it's, it almost feels like it's one of those cards if you don't play with it you're gonna fall behind yep yep yeah you better play with it and practice with it but it's unfortunate you have to pick up a spot you know like with pxg at least if you brought it everybody benefited from it so it didn't feel quite yeah. as dirty somehow you know <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, you got you got to learn to play with it. I think it's it's going to be one of those cards that's going to be around for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I mean, those are no brainers. So, Godcatcher, Yawning Portal, those are no brainer cards that they've been talked about for quite a while. Any other fun combos that you kind of stumbled across? Yeah, I mean, these ones I actually just found last week when I was playing my local scene. I I was building a Warriors three team mm -hmm. with Yawning Portal. I'm like, I'm cool. kind of experimenting with Yawning Portal to see if I can speed up some slower teams. Yeah, yeah, it's always a fun team. You're right; it is a little slow out of the gate. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to see if I could help it. And so, of course, you need some ramp options. And one of the guys in my scene has accused me of kind of relying a little too much on resurrection. Mm -hmm. And he's not wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I, I kind of took that to heart and I'm going, okay, I'm going to no Atlas, no resurrection. Right. I'm going to, I got to figure out a different way to do this. So I uh, was playing around with the Grell. When he's KO'd, you draw two dice, you prep one and throw one and used yeah cool so I thought, hey this is gonna be a good way to filter my stuff through yeah and uh, i paired that with the nihilor the nihilor or whatever his name is yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah, i'm guessing too so i don't know <laughs> i've been calling him <laughs> nihilor so but nihilor or whatever his name is yeah ugly uh, whatever that guy's name is the, the big uh, guy, guy. guy yeah yeah I paired that with that global and it was actually really fun cool it's very interesting ramp so uh, i didn't play around as much as i'd like mm -hmm. but at the end of the night i decided you know what i'm, I'm going to be playing with this more i got to figure out how this works yeah i, I quite liked it and that that global itself is going to be oh, yeah is going to be good because really. you can do it on either turn yeah that being able to ko on command on your opponent's turn is a big deal that's a huge huge thing one thing that i was thinking you know if you get that gazer that ko's and screws up your opponent's bag you can ko that on your turn with nylor and then on your opponent's turn you can ko your grill you anti-ramp them and screw their thing up and you get to ramp yourself it's not anything i actually had that geezer on the short list he was he was on the short list for the team last week yeah it's nothing too because so, i i saw that ability too i'm going oh i'd, I'd love messing with people so that, that yeah. could be fun it's nothing too fancy but like i don't know it seems no. kind of fun you know it's yeah exactly so has anybody from your scene run anything that surprised you from the new set that that Caught your eye? Well, the the Hope Boom Boom Wild Magic oh, yeah. thing. Wild Magic. It's interesting because Wild Magic, you know, given the morph ruling, you'd think would be kind of nerfed, but hats off to Son of Bell, right? Who figured that one out? Yeah. yeah. Well, hats yeah. off to you, man. You, that, you, you, you cracked it. <laughs> Oh yeah, like when I looked at that card at first, I looked at going like, "What are you going to use this with?" Like, you got to depend on your opponent to bring a single burst, right? Action. Good luck with that. And yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really look too deeply at it to be honest with you. But when I did, the first thing that popped into my head was, "Oh, shockwave! Look at that." Uh, beyond that, I mean, some people have played with the obscure stuff, which is that's nothing new, really. One guy he uh, paired the Great Drunkard with old school PXG. So that's uh, yeah, that that makes that really one sided. That's that's clever. I like that. <laughs> you know the other card that i like a lot that turned out to be a really good card which one is it that has both a tune and spark on it that's uh, a good Vajra. oh yeah and experience all three good keywords you know reminded me a little bit of that uh, i mean she costs four but it's sneaky game. yeah but it reminded me remember the old vampire from way back in the day that had all the three cool things that it could do this one reminds oh, yeah, me yeah, of yeah. that you know it's, it's got three cool abilities it's got to be good and and spark is a it's a little I know Steven was down on it after, and we should refresh people's memory about that. Spark is like a yes, no. It just checks. 
you, you can't stack it. So even if you have two dice, one character with spark, and you roll two things with a burst symbol on it, it's only checking if is there a burst symbol in the reserve pool. If so, activate the spark ability. You wouldn't double it. Spark's interesting to me. When I first got Waterdeep, that's the first thing I kind of played with. It's it's one of those abilities, though, they need to clarify how it works because the keywords page and the rulebook say two different things. They do. Okay. and we, uh, we and- can clarify that right now. So the, oh, way, okay. the way that it works is Spark checks to see if you have a die with a burst in the reserve pool. And it doesn't matter if you have two, three, or four. If you only have one character with Spark in the field zone, let's say that the Spark ability is to deal one damage... It only does one damage, even if you have three dice with a burst face in your reserve pool. The keyword and, page and it happens, supersedes and it everything. Happens, and the keyword page okay. supersedes everything, and it checks at the end of every step. So you could conceivably do four damage once during your main step, once during your attack step, once during your roll and reroll step, and once during your opponent's main step, and actually a fifth damage for once during your opponent's attack step, if you can find a way to do that somehow. <laughs> but if you have two characters with spark deal one damage in the field... It would deal two damage if you had a die in your right. reserve pool of spark. So it stacks with characters in the field, just not with dice in the reserve. You know, I, we found See, what, that's, we, dis- that's disappointing to me. Like I was, I was, I was kind of hoping it was per die. It's it's a little nerfy, but it still has a it has a little feeling, especially with the attuned characters that have it. You know, it's a little gravy. You get a little extra. You know, it reminds me a little bit of boomerang. Yeah, it kind of works sometimes, and it's nice when you get it. And, and, you, you and the good like thing is, a lot of the time on the cards that's on it, it is gravy. Or in the case of Xanathar. It needs no gravy. <laughs> <laughs> now, look at you. Look and Sut noticed this, and it's interesting. So, Luke, why don't you talk about okay, it? Okay, yeah, sure. So, Xanathar, it has Spark, and the Spark ability on Xanathar is Spark. Until end of turn, you may use a global ability for free. It also has a nice little global. But the way that that's worded is very similar to the way that that promo Robin was worded from Justice League, where if you have the condition of a Teen Titan die on an energy face in your reserve pool met, then that means Mm -hmm. that you can just spin however many Teen Titans in your field zone you want. You can just spin to your heart's content. And since it's worded the same way, with the same type of thing where you have to have the condition of having the die in your reserve pool met, then that makes me think like hey, maybe it just means that that global is now free for the entire turn. So you can use Luke Cage 20 times for free, and you just have to be one life higher than your opponent, and you win. I don't think it's that way. Like, the way I read it is it's you may use a global ability, so just one. That's what I think, too, but it yeah. probably needs a ruling just to now, clear that, that up. that is the weaker ruling, but I believe <laughs> with the with the current president that this type of wording has... They would have been a little bit more clear about what their intention would have been. I mean, I, I would I'd throw it up to the, the rules forum and pray that someone sees it. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I've, I've got a list of questions there <laughs> Wait, waiting for answers. So let's go on to Rollin' Blunders. <laughs> Where if one of our guests feels comfortable talking about an in-game humorous error or mistake that was made, that might be a learning lesson for our listeners. You know, we'd love to hear about it. <laughs> Matt, if you got you know, one or two of those that well, you feel comfortable discussing, I, I, let us have it. Well, I think I talked about the one at Worlds where I, I didn't actually understand how my own global ability worked. <laughs> right, uh, sure, sure. Well, I knew how it worked. I just kind of forgot. Yeah. So that's that's the one thing is you know read your cards when you <laughs> <laughs> right. when you bring them and and know what they actually do. 
probably the other ones I can think of, and I mean, this one I do a lot is where I, I don't realize I have lethal on the board. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll do my little attack. Oh, I'm being all fancy. I do this. Then I go, oh, if I'd attacked with those two guys too, I'd, I'd win. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So I, I realize afterwards and I just pray I survive another turn so I can, I can come back. <laughs> That's under the subset of like tunnel vision, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But the, probably the worst thing I've done and I've, and I've done it a couple times is you bring the wrong card. Like I remember the last one, it was mimic. Yeah. I wanted to bring that flying, blasting, slashing one. Right. And I show up and I set up my cards and I, I go to buy him. I'm going, oh, he's the wrong cost. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what right. happened? It's the wrong wall of text here, right? <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm reading it and going, oh, that's not going to help my team at all. The similar yeah. thing, I have a really bad habit of doing this. When I set up the dice, I just say like, oh, Wonder Woman's got a blue die or Wonder Woman's got a red die or whatever's going on. And then I end up putting a different red die on Wonder Woman. And the reason that that's so bad is because then you go to buy your whatever and there's a Wonder Woman die there. And then and you try to backtrack and figure it out and you're like, well, I guess I got a Wonder Woman I didn't ask for now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I've seen a lot of people, including myself, go down with is when they get generic energy for bagging out and stuff like that. They don't put like a physical reminder of that in their reserve pool and they forget they have it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've uh, actually, we've got a little die that we keep handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's one guy in our scene, he's famous for bag burn. Like if he doesn't kill himself to at least 10 <laughs> bag burn, he's not doing his job right. <laughs> right. Um, so we, we're good at keeping track of that. Well, another, another good one that probably falls under tunnel vision is in between rounds, like switching your basic action colors on yourself. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, you, you know, you buy the red dye. Yeah. And then you realize that, oops, that's not the one you... I, I just bought Static Field. No! <laughs> <laughs> Right. So <laughs> make sure you bring the right cards. Make sure you consistently set them up the same so that you're not yep. doing stupid things like that. But I mean, it's it's just little dumb things. And, and I'm sure we've all done them. Yep. Well, thank you for that. It's, these things are helpful, you know, if, if for no other reason to know that we're all in this together. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's go on to the Hall of Fame. You know, we love to talk Dice Masters history, so with great hubris, we've decided to inaugurate our own unofficial DM Hall of Fame. Anyway, we've been asking each guest to nominate and articulate the reasons for said nomination. For example, best pilot, most creative brewer, best TO, most generous, most helpful to the community, etc., etc. Anyway, one person from the Dice Masters scene that they think should be inducted into the hall. Luke, and you've got a finger up. What's that? I do. Also, one other important thing, which a lot of people who come on the show either aren't aware of, but it's actually in some ways encouraged, and that is you can cast your vote in for someone who's already been nominated. Yep. Yep. Because we'll count up the nominations at the end of the season, and that person will be inducted into the hall. So if somebody has two or three, then they're in. Uh, the only caveat here is that the player or the person that you nominate should be a retired or semi-retired player. So if you could think of somebody that fits those constrictions, let us know. I I'm I don't know that this guy is retired or or the game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see him posting a whole lot but i know he does a ton for the community great without him i don't think most of us would be able to play the game the way we play it right now great but it has to be truby truby turner yeah truby is, yeah. De- is truby still playing 
Truby is still active, so I don't know if we can. I totally uh, agree okay. with you. You got Do you have a backup? Because Truby, uh, I don't want. I don't want to put any nails in Truby's coffin. He's still running that scene at the Four Horsemen and doing it well. Okay. Hmm. Well, who's the guy who made up Team Builder to begin with? Nutkey, and Nutkey has already been nominated before. He okay. was yeah. So you could double. You could. You could. You could. You know. Okay, then we'll go with that. Oh great. Okay. All right. <laughs> Nutkey it is. Nutkey gets his second <laughs> nomination two weeks in a row. I feel the fire from DM Retro Box back in the day. Before we let you go, I just want to, again, point out your incredible site, DM North. It's DM hyphen. Unlike us, where we're throwing out apostrophes and G's, you are including hyphens, and I salute you there. From somebody who, who has an apostrophe in his name, I salute the hyphen right there. <laughs> so go check out DM North. There's a lot of things you guys have got. Articles, you've got team lists, you've got videos. Reg and Kim have been doing some awesome videos. Reg has got the whole... Death Race series, which I thought was really awesome. Michael and Reg did that together. That was entertaining. Yeah. yeah. So much is on that site. I don't want to say it all because I'll forget something that's just excellent. So go check it out. Don't forget about uh, the essentials list that Laurier just did as well. So, I mean, there's a lot to see there. Is there anything else you'd like to throw it's, out about oh, the site? It's, before? All, it's all in the description. It's all in the show notes at rollingthunder.xyz forward slash 208 no apostrophe no g but go check it out <laughs> <laughs> but let's let let's let let's let Jordo have the last word on this um well this is more of a coming soon thing and when soon is i don't exactly know because it's kind of in the early stages but uh the lovely ladies of dm north have decided that they want to enter into the podcast world awesome all right, so, welcome to the pod, my ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something they want to do. I I wish them well on their their adventure. So uh, they are working on. Well, we're figuring out the logistics. So I might actually pick your brain when when this is done here. <laughs> Have at me. <laughs> the more the merrier. Um, this is great. Great news. But yeah, they kind of asked about doing that idea and again i said if you guys want to do it, great. I have no desire to. <laughs> I have no concept of what's involved with this. But yeah, they're thinking of starting something up here. We don't know when, but we'll, we'll go with coming soon. They're going for kind of a coffee shop vibe. Cool. And uh, chatting about dice, uh, maybe from a Canadian perspective. I love it. I love it. Well, the more the merrier. I think that's fantastic. And thank you for letting us know about that. That's exciting news. Yeah. All right. Well, go check out DM North. And, and thank you so much, Jordo, for coming and joining us this evening. And we, re we really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon. Goodbye. Take care. What do you say we take up Jordo on that prize support survey suggestion? Sounds like a good idea. Okay, I'll look into that and post something in the near future. In the meantime, if anyone has any pressing specific suggestions or requests, you can reach us at our contact page at rollandthunder.xyz. Indeed. Also, if you like the show, give us a rating and review at iTunes, podchaser.com, or your app of choice. Or you could support us on Patreon and don't forget to do the puzzle this week. <laughs> there is no puzzle. <laughs> what if I do one? Is it too late for a puzzle? No. No. You could do a puzzle. Okay, I'll do a puzzle. All right. Great. And don't forget to solve the puzzle this week. For the first time this season, it will be back. Shinfir. Until next time, fellow adventurers. Slay some monsters. Gain some experience. This text cannot be ignored. <laughs> Slangable! Well, 
that's the end of Turn 5, my friends, and it's time for the final clear. We hoped you enjoyed today's show. You can find us at rollinthunder.xyz, without a G or an apostrophe, where you'll discover all the links necessary to listen or subscribe to the show. You can also reach us by email at arge or lucan at rollinthunder.xyz. Our theme music was created by Jesse Weiner. We're in no way affiliated with WizKids, other than we love and celebrate the game of Dice Masters. So keep on rolling, August Narlagagia the Lao. We'll be talking again in two weeks' time with another guest. So stay tuned. Enough said. Yeah, James was playing an Iceman Wincon, and because Iceman deals two damage to an opponent whenever he takes damage during the attack step, he is worried about someone slapping an uncommon Nova Unicorn on him and shutting down his strategy. Uncommon <laughs> Nova Unicorn? Stop. Did I really just say that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Try that again, man. I think I know what's going in the end segment now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for the uncommon Nova Unicorn. It's 